is a good song. I like it. And I like that. Uh, I love those stories that are behind the, uh, the writing of the song. It really gives you some insight as to what the individual went through before in, in order to be able to write the song. Um, two things I wanted to let you know about. First of all, go to Psalm, uh, Psalm 126. That's where we're going to be. This morning, Psalm 126, and while you're turning there, tonight I'm going to start something that I, I don't normally do. I don't normally have a, a series going on, on 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 either Sunday morning or Sunday night, but I'm going to start a series tonight, and it's going to be a series on Bible principles. I'm going to talk about the. I'm going to preach the, the this this evening about the importance of them and why it's important to have principles that you live by. And then we're going to start looking at different ones starting, starting next week. The other thing I want to let you know is that uh, this last Thursday, our church bought a new piano. And uh, so uh, we've had a, we had a problem with this one, having a, a cracked soundboard. If you know of anybody, if, first of all, if there's a church member that would like that piano, we'll give it to you if you want it. Uh, I mean, it's served us well over the years. It really has. Uh, and uh, if, so if, if you would like it, you can have it. If you know of somebody else that would like a piano like that, could use it. Uh, a good church, possibly, even. Or an individual. Uh, just, just let me know. We're not going to haul it anywhere, okay? <laughs> if they want it, they can come get it. Uh, that thing's a beast. But, uh, but if, if you know of anyone or you, you yourself would like, would like to be out, please come see me. Either see myself or see Brother Miller, and uh, we'd be more than happy to talk with you about that. Right now, I want you to go to Psalm 126. We're going to read two verses and then get right after it here this morning. Let's all stand together. If your neighbor doesn't have a Bible, let them look on with you. Psalm 126, two verses. Verses 5 and 6, verse 5 says, They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we ask your blessings upon this time together in your word. And we ask, Father, as the word goes forth, that it go forth with power, it go forth with might, that there would be nothing uh, from my end that would hinder the Word of God from being uh, effective and doing the, the, the work that you intend for it to do in each and every heart. Uh, we ask God that you give us ears to hear and give us, give us hearts that are open to the, to the Word of God. Uh, we're, we're looking this morning at some responsibilities and the responsibilities that each and every one of us have before you. Uh, Lord, I pray that you speak to our hearts and help us to, to look and see, are we properly handling those responsibilities that have been handed to us that we have been entrusted with as your people? Father, bless this time together. Speak to our hearts, we pray, through your word and by your spirit, for it's in Jesus' name that we pray. All God's people said, amen. You may be seated. The title of my message is Three Responsibilities of all believers, if you're saved, if you know for sure that your sins are forgiven because you have trusted Jesus Christ as Savior, you're absolutely positive that if you were to die today, you'd go to heaven, then you have three definite 
responsibilities. These are not responsibilities just for preachers or Sunday school teachers or folks that are in ministry. It's, it's responsibilities that all of us have as believers. And uh, these three responsibilities, number one, are, are priorities. They're priorities. Um, you know, we... I don't, let, let me say this before I even get into the message. I'm preaching this message for me. Uh, the rest of you can listen if you'd like. Uh, but I, honestly, uh, God got all over me about this very subject this last week. And, uh, uh, you know, I've been, I've, been, I've been dealing with some things in my own life. And uh, uh, the Lord has really made it very clear that as a church, we need this. But as an individual, I need it. So it's first and foremost for me. Um, we get wrapped up. I think, myself included, too much in this whole political, social thing that's going on in our country. Um, do I think it's important? Absolutely. Obviously it is. But it's not the most important. I was having a discussion with somebody in my family, I think it was my wife, just this last week. And, uh, you know, we, we uh, it was either my wife or it was Joy. It might have been Joy. Um, but... But basically, uh, you know, we said, well, this is important and that is important and this is important and that is important. And, and there were various social political issues, and, and they are. They're, they're, they're crucial. Uh, but, you know what? If uh, more people got saved, it would alleviate a lot of the problems. If a lot of people trusted Christ as Savior, and if we would do the job that God has called us to do, we might not have the level of problems that we have today. Um, so it's, it, you know, these three responsibilities are a priority. Secondly, these three responsibilities are urgent. They're urgent. Uh, time is running out. I don't know if you've noticed that, but, uh, you know, I, there's not anybody I've talked to within the last year, both saved and lost, who doesn't say, whoa, things are different right now. Uh, than I have ever seen them before. Things seem to go faster in a downward direction than I've ever seen before. And I, and I agree. And all God's people said, you agree? Uh, you know, um, it, we've, we've just, we've seen it. Well, you know what that means? Uh, it means we're in perilous times. It means the Lord's about to come. It's not going to be very long. And, and time is running out in, in, in two ways. Number one, our, our personal freedoms are being taken from us um, very quickly. And you know what they're going to go after. They're going to go after us giving out the gospel. They're going to go after door knocking. They're going to go after passing out tracts. They're going to go after, uh, they've already gone after witnessing at work and, and things along those lines. Um, so the freedom is dwindling. But secondly, the Lord is coming. I mean, blessed hope is nearer than it's ever been. And you can, and, 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 you know, you say, well, duh, you know, it, it, as, as every day goes by, we get closer. Yeah, but you can see it, not just, you know, you say, well, you see it in America. No, you see it all over the world. It's happening worldwide. And then thirdly, it's an absolute, all three of these, these responsibilities are absolute necessities. Um, People's eternal lives depend upon it. Uh, and and if, if, we, if, we, if we don't respond to these responsibilities, 
uh, there are people that are going to die and go to hell that didn't have to die and go to hell. Now we see all three of them in verse 6. It says, He that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. First responsibility that we have is to go. They don't come. Don't wait for someone to get down on their knees in front of you and say, what must I do to be saved? It probably isn't going to happen. Uh, they are not necessarily going to confront you. You are probably going to have to confront them. And that's the whole idea is that we are to go. In other words, we're to go to the ones that have the need and tell them about Jesus Christ. We have that responsibility. Uh, you, you know, you don't wait for people to come to you. Not I, I have had, a, you know, I, maybe I don't even know if it's been three incidents, at least one or two, where uh, I have had people come to me. We had a situation back years ago when we started, uh, when we were in Green Bay. It was before we started uh, First Bible Baptist. We were part of another church in town at the time. And uh, we were, we were uh, it was on a Saturday, we were standing uh, in, the, in, the, in the church building and two young boys, probably around 10 or 11, something like that, came up the steps, walked into the church and said, what does a person have to do to go to heaven? <laughs> now, when was the last time you had anybody of any age do that? That's almost what must I do to be saved? You know, in fact, actually it was. And uh, uh, I was there and another fellow was there. The other fellow uh, took, took them and, and uh, opened up the Bible and showed them how to be saved. But uh, uh, you just don't have that happen very often. We have that responsibility. Uh, you know, it, we have that responsibility to, to take the gospel. You don't have too many Philippian jailers out there that uh, are going to fall at your feet and say, you know, give me the gospel. We have to go to them. Take your Bibles and, and, and keep your finger here, but go with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 14. Luke 14. Luke 14, beginning in verse uh, 15. Luke chapter 14, beginning in verse 15. Jesus tells an account, and, 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 and I call it an account, not a parable, because of the way that he put it. Verse 16, he says, then, then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper. So this isn't just a, a story. This is a, a real account of something that happened. And bade many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to, to them that were bidden, come, for all things are now ready. And they all with one, one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I have, brought, I have bought a piece of ground and I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his, his uh, Lord these things then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and, and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor and the maimed and the halt and the blind. 
And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Now, this is telling the story of a, of a man who had a great supper and sent out invitations, got three rejections uh, right off the bat. Yeah, what would you do if you got three rejections in a row? Well, I know, I know what the tendency is for any of us, and that is to throw up our hands and say, oh, forget this. And he did go back to his master and say, look, this is, this is the response we're getting. And in verse 21, the servant was sent out, and it says sent out quickly. Again, it shows that it, it's something that needs to be done immediately. Why? Because time was running out. And uh, those with special needs were bidden to come. And still there was room. And then down in verse 23, he said, go everywhere. Go to the highways and the hedges. And he says, compel them to come in. To compel means to drive or to urge uh, with, uh, with irresistible force. That doesn't mean that you, you, uh, you, know, you go on up there and strong arm them. That's not what it's talking about. But it, it means to, to give a compelling argument type of thing. Just be very, very urgent in your, in, your, in your tone. And, you know, we hear, we hear things today. In fact, sometimes we're guilty of saying things like this. Well, you don't want to shove the gospel down somebody's throat. Well, I, I would agree with that. You probably don't want to do that. But there's a difference between shoving it down their throat and compelling them to come in. If you're compelling them, that means you're concerned about them. You're concerned about the situation. Uh, you've invested something into it yourself, and therefore you think that it's urgent that they respond to the situation. Uh, you, know, you know what the, the real problem is when it comes to witnessing? We just don't think it's that important. Because we have time for other stuff. We have time to talk about the weather. We have time to talk about social issues. We have time to talk about politics. We have time to talk about all kinds of stuff. And it's, it's our responsibility to bring the subject up. Again, when this guy went out into the highways and hedges, nobody pulled him off to the side and said, hey, what, what, what are those invitations all about? No, he had, to, he had to confront them. And that's what we have to do. We have, we have to confront people. Uh, according to Jude, verses 22 and 23, it says that some we, we deal with, we deal with compassion, others with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Um, that's, that's what we need. That's not, that's not compassion on them. That's not fear on them. That's compassion and fear on our part. In other words, we're compassionate for them. We're fearful for them. You know, you realize this, that, that anybody that you know, you, 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 you know, think of family, think of friends, think of people you work with, think of neighbors, anybody you know, someday, will spend eternity somewhere. And all God's people say? You know, honestly, we're all going to exist. I guess that's a better, better way to put it. We're all going to exist eternally. You're either going to be eternally in heaven or you're going to be eternally in hell. 
And the, the truth of the matter is, most of the people out there are not saved. Most of them are not heading for heaven. Most of them do not have their sins forgiven. And, and quite frankly and honestly, most of the people that you know in life are not saved people. Now, you know quite a few because of this church and so forth, but uh, there's a lot more people that you have come across on your, in your daily existence that, uh, that do not know Christ as, as, your savior, as their Savior. And it is so important for us, and it is our responsibility to go to them. I've, I've thought about this. The night I got saved, most of you know my testimony, uh, we were just kind of, I was a teenager, we were rolling around town after a basketball game in, in uh, Rochester, and um, a couple of guys in the front were talking about a girl that they, they both liked. She went to this church, she talked about this church, so let's go look at the church. We did, and we ended up, all four of us, going in, and the preacher opened up the side door and walked out and, and greeted us and uh, took us for a tour of the building and then ended up in his office and asked us to sit down. You know what he could have done? He could have given us a track. I mean, we're talking, we're not, and we're not talking at five o'clock in the afternoon, okay? We're talking 11 o'clock at night. Um, honestly, just to be real honest with you, if I was here alone in this building and all of a sudden four guys were outside knocking on my door, <laughs> okay, because I usually leave it locked, uh, that one, and that night, the door was unlocked. But uh, uh, I don't, you know, when I really want to let him in, but he did. Boy, am I glad he did. I'm glad he did. He didn't not only let me in, but he didn't just give us a tour and say, well, you know, uh, it's kind of late, guys, so let me give you a track. And uh, we'd like to invite you to come to church. Can I tell you something? I probably, I mean, the likelihood of me being saved today would be very, very slim if that's what happened. But that's not what happened. He confronted me. He confronted the other three guys. And he asked us, you know, do you know for sure if you died to go to heaven, wouldn't you like to know? And will you let me show you? And, I mean, he was kind about it. He was gracious about it. Um, but... He took the time. He had spent the whole day in ministry. He probably hadn't seen his wife hardly at all that day. And he could have had all kinds of reasons to go home. <laughs> and four guys alone in a church building. With a, and you think this is isolated at that time. That, that particular church building was really out in the middle of a piece of property with nothing around it. I mean... Who would have heard the screams, you know? <laughs> Just, it wouldn't have. You, you wouldn't have. Uh, but uh, but, but he, he had compassion. And, and this, this man, the man that led, led me to Christ, one of the greatest soul winners that I've ever met. Uh, he, he literally has fruit all over the world because of people that he has, has, has personally won to Christ. I, I'm glad he confronted me about the gospel. And, uh, you know, we, we, we pray for visitors. We pray that, uh, that God would give us an uh, influence in the community. But how much do we as individuals confront people about the gospel? 
Um, and and it's, it's absolutely essential. It is a responsibility that we have to go. Not only to go, but if you go back to that passage, Psalm 126, says, He that goeth forth and weepeth. You not only need to go, you need to, you need to have a broken heart. You need to care. Um, that passage in, in the book of Jude says, some with compassion, some with fear. Well, you put those two together, and that's the kind of heart that we need to have for others. We need to have fear for them, and we need to have compassion for them. We need to have fear for them because without Christ, they will die and go to hell. Last time you heard of anybody dying, anybody, a famous person, a friend, relative, anybody, the last time you heard of someone passing away, passing into eternity, did you even think for five seconds, I wonder where they are? I wonder if they're in... When I, I, I try to make myself do that very thing when I hear about a, uh, a politician, a uh, statesperson, uh, uh, someone involved in government, a person who is in, famous in Hollywood or whatever, uh, I may not even know who they are. But when I hear their name and I hear that they're in eternity, I try to stop for just a minute and say, now I wonder where they are. We get so tied up in this stuff down here, we forget about eternity. And that everybody that we have contact, and without exception, everybody is going to spend eternity somewhere. We may be the only connection that they have with getting forgiveness of sins. We may be it. Honestly, um, since the night that I got saved, I, have, I only recall getting one tract ever passed to me, ever. And it was here in Auburn. I was walking down uh, Perrine Street uh, in the morning, one morning, and a lady was getting into her car. She, she left her car, came across the street, and passed, uh, handed me a tract. And uh, she said, here's something important you need to, I'd like you to, 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 to read. She was very kind about it. I told her I was saved and I was a pastor and so forth. Uh, but that, that's the only time. Uh, what would be the likelihood of, of others doing that had I not trusted Christ as Savior that night? And, and the truth of the matter is, there's very few that are out there doing it. But we have that responsibility. And it, it comes from having the right heart. Uh, you know, think about this. What is it that puts tears in your eyes? You know, I, I was thinking about this myself this week. What, what is it that puts tears? You know, and, and it's usually the right stuff. But how much do we cry over the fact that people are lost? How much does it, does it grip our hearts and kind of churn our insides a little bit that some of the people that we know, I mean, you know, I, I, I understand. It's, you, can, you can have a kind of a general compassion for those that you don't know. 
But you ought to have a you ought to have a real concern. You ought to have real fear, and you ought to have real compassion for those that you do know. And if you don't, and if I don't give them the gospel, then who in the world will? Um, we often cry over the wrong stuff. Uh, we misplace our weeping. Um, Take your Bibles, keep your finger here in this passage, but go with me over to Luke 16. Luke 16 is the uh, passage where, again, Jesus said a certain, certain rich man uh, and Lazarus, he gave the man a name. Both of these guys died. The rich man went to hell, Lazarus went to paradise. And uh, it gives a description of of what the rich man went through down in verses 23 and 24. It says, And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus, that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. Now, understand when Jesus gave that gave that. Uh, uh, that account, it was almost 2,000 years ago. When was the last time, as you read through that, that you thought, and he's still there, and he's still burning, and he's still in agony, and, he's, and, and that could be your father, your mother, your sister, your brother, your children, your friends, the guys you work with, your neighbor. If you want to get a little compassion, just take somebody's name, the name of somebody you know, and insert it in there when it's referring to the rich man in hell. Because someday, if they don't trust Christ as Savior, that's going to be their scenario. In hell, they're going to lift up their eyes in torments. And uh, please, please understand, I'm not trying to beat you over the head. I'm not trying to put you on a guilt trip. That's not, that's not the, the purpose of this message at all. That is not my, that is not my, my, my motivation. Uh, I needed to be stirred because I have gotten apathetic. And it's with COVID and everything else, I'm not, I'm not making excuses. It's just what I have seen all over. I've seen it in our church. I've seen it in my life. I've seen it, I've seen it in other churches. It, it's just there. Listen, nothing has changed. People are still dying and going to hell without Christ as Savior. If we don't tell them, and you've heard me say this so often, but it's really true. If we don't tell them, who will? Who's, who's going to warn them about, uh, about hell and about the fact that they have a Savior that they can trust uh, and, and they can forgive them all their sins and take them to heaven. Go with me to Isaiah 66. I was reading through this passage this week. Isaiah 66. And this, this is talking about the future, talking about sometime either in the millennium or after the millennium. 
So it's talking about people that are in hell. And it says in verses um, 22 through 24, it says, For as the new heavens and the new earth, which I will make, shall remain before me, saith the Lord, so shall your seed and your name remain, and it shall come to pass that from one new moon to another and from one Sabbath to another, and one moon, new moon to another is a month, one Sabbath to another is a week, so you're talking five weeks, uh, uh, shall all flesh come to worship before me, saith the Lord, and they shall go forth, and of course we'll be in that crowd, they shall go forth and look upon the carcasses of the men that have transgressed against me. They're in hell. How do I know that? For their worm shall not die, neither shall their fire be quenched, and they shall be an abhorring unto all flesh. We're to look on that. Now, again, uh, you know, it, it has bothered me whenever I have read that, thinking about, you know, well, <laughs> you know, what kind of memories will flash back? Will I see people that I know? I, I'm not positive how this fits, but I don't think that's going to necessarily be a problem. It's going to be a problem seeing people that are in that kind of agony, period, whether you recognize them or not. I'm not sure you're going to recognize them, and here's why. Go to chapter 65 and look in verses 16 and 17. That he who blesseth himself in the, in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth, and he that sweareth in the earth shall swear by the God of truth because... The former troubles are forgotten, and because they are hid from mine eyes. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth, and the former shall not be remembered, nor come into mind. So I don't know, but I do know this. There's going to be real people that are really going to be there and really going through it. Now, aren't you glad that's not you? I mean, if you're here, now honestly, if you're here this morning and you don't, you're not absolutely positive your sins are forgiven, get that thing taken care of today. Don't play around with eternity, please. If you're listening on, on the internet or you're, you're, you listen to this at a later date uh, and you're not saved, you don't know for sure your sins are forgiven, you could come to, come to Christ, admit that you're a sinner on your way to hell, you need his mercy. You need to, to, him to, to forgive you of all your sins and give you eternal life, trusting in his, his shed blood on Calvary's cross, his death, his burial, his resurrection. Uh, just simply trust him. Realize it has nothing to do with your works and everything to do with what he has done for you. But, but uh, uh, I'm thankful that I'm not going to go through that. But, man, let's not be like Hezekiah. And say, well, I'm glad it's not going to happen in my generation. It's, my kids will just have to deal with it. Well, I don't want my kids to deal with it. I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want my friends to deal with it. I don't want my neighbors to deal with it. I want them to be saved. I want, well, you know what? Uh, you folks probably aren't going to tell the people that I know. And I'm probably not going to tell the people that you know because I don't, you know, I don't run in those circles. But it is our responsibility to do so. It's imperative absolutely imperative that we have compassion for them, that we care. And that's where I think, I think of, of all the, the three responsibilities, probably the biggest one 
where we're lacking, where I'm lacking, okay, is right here. Just having that compassion, having that fear, and being motivated by both of those things, and having a broken heart over people that are lost. And then the, the, third, the third responsibility that we have, go back to 126 verse 6, he that goeth forth and weepeth bearing precious seeds shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. It says that we not only go, we not only weep, but we bear precious seed. We bear precious seed. Um, you take the Bible. You quote Scripture. If you don't know Scripture to quote, then carry a New Testament with you. If you don't have a New Testament, put a, put a Bible app in your, in your phone. I and mean, we've got so many resources, so many opportunities to carry the Word of God with us. You know, uh, one thing I can do today that I, that I didn't do before because all I carried, I used to carry was a, a New Testament. I got the whole Bible on a backlit screen that I can show to people. Um, you know, some people will, will criticize that and say, well, you know, you need to still use the New Testament. And so I, I, listen, I don't care how you get the Word of God out. Just get the Word of God out, okay? Do it. Um, you know, I realize that when, when you do it with a phone, they, other people passing by don't know what you've got. When you've got a New Testament or a Bible, they do know. That is definitely a plus. And where you can do that, I think you should. But, but uh, uh, th that's not really what our problem is. Our problem is just bearing the precious seed, getting it out there. And understand that it's not your fancy words. And, you know, we, we say, well, I'm shy. I can't witness. You know, it's not about you. It's about this book. This is what gets the conversions. This is not you anyway. Uh, it's the precious seed that does the work. And, and, and by the way, and, and I'm not against, obviously, I'm not against you inviting people to church, but that isn't what this is. This isn't somebody going out and, and throwing out invites to church. This is people, this is somebody throwing out precious seed, the word of God, telling them about Jesus Christ. Uh, you know, do we need to do both? Yes, we do. But, you know, uh, the priority is tell them about Christ and tell them from the word of God. Uh, the amount of harvest that we get depends upon the amount of seed that's sown. Now, I realize areas are different. I understand that. And you might get a better crop in one place than you get in another place. But the bottom line is always the more seed you sow, the more probability you have of getting a bigger crop. And I think really our problem is oftentimes we don't sow much seed. I, I um, from time to time, will talk to, to the penners. Penners uh, have a uh, real heart for gospel tracts. And for giving them out. And they, they do so, you know, there, there's not two better people in our church that we could have heading up the track ministry. I, I'm just, it's just, that's the truth. I don't know of anybody, including your preacher, who passes out more tracks than they do in a year. Now, let me ask you this. When was the last time you passed out a track? Do you even have one on you? Awful quiet. See what I mean? It's really not a priority. We just don't 
really care, and we need to start caring. We need to hit that reset button and get that thing changed. Um, it, uh, you know, I realize you could, you could sow a lot of seed and you might get a very, very small crop, but you're going to get some kind of a crop. You know, when was the last time you had the opportunity to give somebody the gospel? When was the last time that you were able to lead someone to Christ? Uh, if, if, we, if we throw out the seed, there will be more opportunities. And, you know, we can use all the excuses. We can say, oh, it's society. People don't want to listen. People don't want to read it. Blah, 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 blah. That's not what the problem is. The problem is we're not doing the job because we really don't have the heart for it. And we need to get the heart for it. We need to realize that is a priority from God's standpoint. If we're not going to be a witness, why should he even leave us here? I mean, that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to be a testimony. We're, we're here to be a witness. Um, and uh, the Bible makes, makes, uh, has a, a cause effect to it. It says, uh, uh, it, it tells us that we are, to, uh, we are to go and give out the gospel. If, if uh, we will give out the gospel, there will be some people that will come to Christ. If we, if we weep, eventually we'll rejoice. If we bear precious seed, eventually we will, we will, uh, we will bring in our sheaves. We'll, have, we'll come with rejoicing, bringing our sheaves with us. Um, the, the bottom line is this. Those are our responsibilities. You know, we have a responsibility to go. We have a responsibility to weep. We have a responsibility to bear precious seed. God's responsibility is a harvest. You have no control over that. I have no control over that. Um, I was thrilled when we, when we had our uh, evening of gratitude. We had like about 30, 20, 25, 30, something like that folks that were here visiting. They got the gospel. One person got saved. Praise the Lord for that. Um, there, you know, the last time we did that, nobody got saved. And we had 40 people that, that heard the gospel. Uh, that weren't saved, at least 40. Uh, you know, again, praise the Lord for that. But the results are not our responsibility. Our responsibility is to go and to weep and to bear precious seed. The results are in God's hands. Um, you know, I remember that night when I had the privilege of leading the young man to the Lord on the night of the uh, uh, evening of gratitude. I wasn't able to go over next door because he wanted to talk to me. So I, I took him to my office and I led him to Christ. Uh, praise the Lord for that. That is exciting. And I remember what happened to the atmosphere over in the fellowship hall when I walked in and said, and, and he was with me and he went around to various people, went up to to uh, some folks and, and, and told them, said, listen, I just got saved. It changed the atmosphere. Doesn't it do that? Does that around here. If you just hear that somebody got saved, it changes the atmosphere around here. Even if they're not here with us. Uh, you see somebody walk the aisle. Wow, what a blessing. Uh, it, it, it makes a difference. It makes a difference. Um, the, the bottom line is this. Are we fulfilling our responsibilities? 
Are we going? Have we got the broken heart? And do we bear precious seed? Um, there's four things that we have, and I'm going to I'm going to close with this. I'm not going to belabor this thing, but it it is so important, and I, I really think all of us, and it starts with me. Uh, all of us have let our guard down a little, and have uh, gotten. You know, we can get so tied up. I've heard, I've heard it put this way. You get so tied up in the nasty now and now, you forget about the sweet by and by. <laughs> you know? Uh, the sweet by and by is when we'll be with all those that are saved together. I want there to be a bunch of folks that I know up there. I don't want to have to meet a whole bunch of brand new strangers. I mean, I'm going to, but uh, because it'll be f- from all the ages. You know, uh, I just recently read about uh, a fella. Uh, he, he, according to historical accounts, he actually pastored the church at Smyrna that we read about. He was a contemporary with the Apostle John. He pastored the church at Smyrna uh, when Revelation was, right around the time Revelation was written. Smyrna was a persecuted church. He died as pastor of the church at 85 years old at a stake where they burned him. And at first, when they started, when they started the fire, the fires didn't affect him. And they got mad <laughs> because he wouldn't burn. And finally, finally they, 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 they worked as such that, that he ended up dying. But the but, uh, point is, is that uh, you know, he, he, stayed, he stayed faithful. Now, his church in Smyrna was only 70 miles away from Philadelphia. Philadelphia was seeing a revival. You see that it says that, that they kept the word. Uh, and there was an open door and a door that no man could shut. They were only 70 miles apart. But the thing that was similar of those two churches, both of those churches are the only two that didn't get a rebuke in Revelation chapters 2 and 3. They didn't get a rebuke because they stayed faithful. Now, one saw open doors, saw revival, saw people get saved. The other one got burned at the stake. (laughs) And so did many other people within that church. They were severely persecuted. But both churches were fulfilling their responsibilities. That's really, that's really where we're at today. Regardless of, 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 of what the results are, the question is, have we been faithful with our responsibilities? Have we gone? Have we had a broken heart? And do we bear precious seed? Let's bow our heads for, for prayer. Father, um, thank you for using this message in my life this week. And uh, even while I'm preaching it, uh, you make me see just how short I am, how much I fall short of fulfilling those responsibilities personally. God, we all need to step up our game a little bit. I really do believe we are. We are in the final stages. We are in the last days. Uh, who knows? We could go another 20, 30 years. 
a, a day with the Lord is a thousand years, and a thousand years is a day. Time doesn't mean anything to you. It does to us. But if we're paying attention, we can see that we're getting awful, awful close. And there's going to come a day when if that trumpet blows or if we pass away and, and none of us is, is promised tomorrow, then our work down here is done. We won't pass out one gospel track. We won't witness one time. Uh, we cannot be a testimony. Uh, Lord, uh, it's important that we make it a priority now. God, we, we just pray that you'd work on our hearts and help us to, to hit that reset button and get, uh, get a burden to confront people, get a burden to care about them, and get a burden to bear precious seed, whether it be in the form of quoting scripture, witnessing, or passing out tracts. Lord, we have a responsibility. Work in our hearts this morning and uh, speak to us. And as you do, may we respond to you. We pray, Lord, you'd have your will and your way in this invitation. May some decisions be made that will make a difference in eternity. For us in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.